He seemed broken by the situation and incredulous, as they always were, about the low sum being demanded for his ransom. Pender made the call and pressed the phone to Harper's cheek, and the mark played his tune perfectly until the end. It's just sixty thousand, honey, he told his wife. Just take it from savings first thing tomorrow. Then he paused, glanced around despite his blindfold. There are three, maybe four of them, one woman. I'm in an apartment, I think. Sawyer backhanded him hard, and down he went. Pender hung up the phone before Sandra Harper could connect the dots, and Sawyer kept going, his fists hammering down on the hostage, his face contorted with rage. Don't you ever try to get cute like that again, he said. Harper curled up on the floor beneath him, ducking the punches and sobbing. Pender put his arm on his shoulder. All right. Sawyer straightened. He glanced at Pender. Had to, he said, breathing heavily. Pender knew Sawyer was right, even if he didn't like it. Harper needed to be taught that he was dealing with professionals, and Sawyer had established that brutally and effectively. It was a part of his friend's personality that sometimes scared Pender. Matt Sawyer could be smart, articulate, and deadly funny. His infectious smile and slow, steady baritone a favorite with the women on campus. But Sawyer's parents had divorced when he was a teenager, leaving him moody and violent and itching to fight. And even ten years later, the big guy had a temper could still get pissed off and black out, swinging his fists until his problems were solved. Pender could remember the first time he'd met Sawyer, a big scrappy freshman talking trash in the wrong kind of bar. Pender had talked the kid down and out of the place before a dozen drunk longshoremen did them both in. Even in their new lives as kidnappers, though, Pender had hoped to get more use out of Sawyer's brain than his brawn. He held out hope that cuties like Terry Harper would continue to prove few and far between. Marie phoned in on her new burner phone every couple hours. She'd parked the rental car a couple houses down and was taking periodic walks around the block to make sure Sandra Harper didn't take after her husband in the cuteness department. Marie reported lights on at the Harper residence until one in the morning when the final second-floor light was extinguished. She hung around outside, sitting low in the driver's seat of the Hyundai, listening to rock music at low volume and calling in until dawn. Pender stayed up all night to take the calls. He never slept anyway, when Marie was playing the point. Hell, he could barely sit down. Kept pacing the room, turning on the TV, flipping through channels. On the second bed, Terry Harper shifted in his sleep, groaning every time Pender made a move. You gonna stay up all night, he said finally. Thought I'd at least get a good night's sleep out of this deal. Pender stopped pacing, stared at Harper a minute. Yeah, fine, he said. Sorry, I'll keep it down. I just got one question for you, though. Harper pointed his face in Pender's vague direction. Why me? I'm nobody special.
the same old question. You're special to me, said Pender. Seriously, why me? And why so little money? Don't worry about it. Go back to sleep. Harper sat back on the bed. I guess you're thinking it's easier to get 60,000 than 600,000. Quicker. He sighed. Well, pal, I gotta tell you, you could have had 600 grand from me easy. Sleep, said Pender. Now. I'm glad nobody else heard him say that, he thought, as Harper turned back onto his side and began snoring a tractor-trailer snore. We're risking enough just by pulling these jobs.